I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. Like a doll's eyes. I love this town! <laughs> we are Sadiv Geek and we're back after a week. Uh, actually, I don't know how long it'll be between posting last week's episode to putting this one up but we are trying to record uh our little mini episodes as we did a a week back put up this last tuesday and then recording today to put up whenever the hell i feel like it uh for the for the four people who care uh besides us yeah (laughs) the four of us is the people that 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 care i'm sorry eric and and jen But while we're in quarantine, we're all probably watching a lot of different things, especially stuff that's streaming. So we think it'd be cool to come in every week and give some recommendations of what uh, what we should be watching streaming or things to avoid in Cody's case, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, just to plug in there, of course, we are City of Geek and you can find cityofgeek.com or on facebook.com slash cityofgeek and at Twitter at City of Geek. And don't forget to also listen to our other podcast, The Worst Movie of the Year, uh, uh, you could, the worst movie of the year dot transistor fm we're also on itunes now so you can search for that and find it Ooh. and uh you can search for city of geek on itunes if you don't listen to us there and uh facebook.com slash the worst movie of the year and twitter at worst underscore movie so check out that for bad movies that you should definitely watch to make it worth us watching and listening to them as well <laughs> um so, uh, yeah, we look in the next little bit, we each giving a recommendation or two and uh, something you can check out as you stream at home while we're all still locked into our houses. Or in case of Cody, still leaving the house to go work, but <laughs> exception. Proof. Does anyone have anything they want to, they want to start with for us this week? Uh, gee, I'll, I'll go ahead and leap forward. Uh, my latest infatuation uh, with Amazon Prime and as much as I hate giving uh, Mr. Bezos my money, uh, the bastard keeps on putting amazing, obscure things on uh, Amazon Prime. And one of those things that I've been obsessing over lately is film noir. Uh, there are dozens of vintage film noir uh, from the 40s and 50s that are streaming for free on Amazon Prime. And so I just, I, I have actually spent more time wish listing them and adding them to a watch list uh, than I have actually watching them. But I did finally get a chance to sit down and um, watch what I think is one of the best of the film noirs. Definitely one of the most kind of left, left of center ones. Uh, it's from 1945 and it is called Detour. Uh, it is directed by Edgar Omer, who uh, worked in Hollywood for almost 30 years. He was an Austrian immigrant. Uh, he's probably most famous for having directed the 1934 version of The Black Cat with uh, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, which if if you haven't seen it, it's decades ahead of its time in terms of its strangeness and in terms of its uh, kind of uncomfortable subject matter. Um, he also did a really good version of Bluebeard with John Carradine in the title role just a year before he shot this film noir. And he also had kind of a fun run of Atomic Age sci-fi movies in the 50s, The Man from Planet X, The Amazing Transparent Man, uh, The Daughter of Dr. Jekyll. Um, but this is a classic film noir. Um, it is extremely low budget. It is 
like a little over an hour long. It's about 68 minutes long. Um, in it, uh, actor Tom Neal plays a character named Al, who's a piano player. And while he's en route to meet up with his girlfriend in L.A., he ends up stuck in a series of kind of downbeat misadventures when he ends up thumbing a ride with a salesman. Uh, and after a while, without giving too much away, he ends up trapped in kind of this existential nightmare with one of the most terrifying characters I've ever seen in a film noir. And this is a, a woman that he meets. The name of the woman is Vera. The name of the actress who plays her is Anne Savage. And she is excellent. She is absolutely, like, truly terrifying. And after a while, the movie becomes basically a two-hander with just the two of them kind of um, wearing away at each other in this little hotel room. And it sounds like it would be impossibly tedious, but it's actually really, really riveting. It's very downbeat. Um, uh, it's almost cartoonish in terms of the volume of misfortune that's visited on this guy. Um, but what's really interesting is uh, it's very imaginatively kind of sewn together and it's also a situation where the character brings a lot of this on himself uh in terms of things that he does and that he doesn't do um and uh yeah it's just it's really super strong it's very stark and nihilistic uh and it's got a, a guaranteed zinger of an ending uh, it's also really fascinating from a behind the scenes standpoint because um in a lot of ways, life reflected art for Tom Neal, the, the lead actor in the movie. Uh, he had a very stormy romance with an actress named Barbara Payton in the early 50s. And he ended, it was so stormy that he ended up uh, severely beating up uh, Payton's then fiance, who was an actor named Francho Tone, who was quite famous at the time. Uh, and of course, when you do something like that, you get blacklisted from Hollywood. So he ended up getting blacklisted, uh, became a gardener. And then about seven years before he died, uh, he apparently accidentally shot his third wife to death and was charged with involuntary manslaughter. So uh, a little bit of a colorful history. Maybe a good uh, prospect for your true crime uh, uh, podcast, Kim. Um, <laughs> but it's, but it, as, a, as a film goes, it's really, it's one of the things that I love about film noir is they're very inspiring from the standpoint of doing a lot with very little money. And that's what Omer does with this movie. It's, it's very confined. It's very claustrophobic, um, but it's really wonderfully shot. And uh, it, it's just, it, it's one of those kind of underseen jewels that if you're, if you're a fan of like the bigger noirs, like uh, out of the past and uh, the Maltese Falcon and that sort of thing, you definitely want to check it out. Um, I have one other thing I wanted to, you know, prop, kind of crow about here does somebody want to go before i do that before we jump into another title and a detour is not only just on amazon prime it's also in hoopla if you have the library mm. uh the criterion channel voodoo canopy epics flicks and cody like this pure flicks yeah uh, it's in a bunch of places so it is out there and it's uh it's also rentable from pantaflix for a dollar amazon prime for two dollars so you don't if you don't have prime i mean it's amazon generally or the apple store from four bucks so it, and there's plenty of places to watch it Nice. And since it's technically public domain, I'm sure you could probably find it on YouTube or someplace else too. So, um, but yeah, but it's one of the it's one of the few public domain movies that I think is generally genuinely interesting and worth taking a look at. Uh, does anyone else want to go before we jump back, to Tony, or just want to do both of yours at once? You know what? Fuck it. I'll, I'll go. I, I got one actually. I haven't seen it recently, but I just popped in my um, uh, Amazon Prime is now streaming the Loved Ones. Oh. 
2009 Australian horror flick. Our yeah. good friend Jason screened that last year for his birthday when Cody and I went up. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's streaming again. Yeah, it's. I really. I had no idea when I first saw the movie what it was about. I think it's one of my favorite kind of uh, captive horror movies. I really, really enjoy all the performances in it. It's delightfully fucking bizarre and dark and absolutely gross. Some some of the best like torture scenes yeah, I've seen as well. And I always like a good jaunt into um, Australian horror. Oh yeah, um, I I yeah, thought it was. Really- it really just does a lot really well. It was one of my favorite parts of uh, Hundred Nights of Horror last year too. Oh, nice! Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great film. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's I, down, it's dirty, it's it's really tight, tightly, mm-hmm. tightly wound. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's very, it's very tightly directed. It's just there's there's just a leanness to it. I think that really really um works and adds a lot of forward momentum and actually adds to the impact of the of the very graphic violence in it too i think because it's tortury but not like sadistically in that way of like you know not like captivity or some of the the saw clones that that would come out and honestly i really liked um the main character is actually very likable which obviously always helps a movie you know you don't want to see him get these things done you feel bad for him and it's like that or to be able to elicit that is very impressive. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And the uh, cool. director went on to make Devil's Candy, which came out in 2015, which is one of the best that's movies right. of that year. Yeah, it was so that's great. also another fantastic film. 2016, 2015, 2017, depending on when you look at it. And that was pay streaming. It's not free anywhere. Hmm. Hmm. Who's next? Next. <laughs> Give her right, a bomb. But nope. it feels like it feels like we're in school <laughs> and our teachers asking us to like raise our Who's like get next? up and do our, our presentations. Our presentation. Um, Tony, I wish you were one of my teachers in school. That would have ruled. <laughs> no, you don't. Tony just like spit wine everywhere. To <laughs> <laughs> waste a good wine, sir. Don't waste the wine. Indeed. All right, kids. So here's a here's a obscure giallo from the 1960s. Um, this is math class. <laughs> too late count the kills how many I, stabs <laughs> i find ways to circle so many of my drama classes to a horror film it's actually remarkable i mean even with like the tiny kids i'm like well this is actually remarkably similar to psycho that yes, works. Can, teacher kim we just wanted to go to the playground and wash our hands well if you wash your hands watch out for mrs bates Anyway, the I'm just imagining five year olds, and you're like, uh, well, and this actually ties right back into our main uh, subject on cannibal holocaust. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, like the little ones, they're fucking bloodthirsty. Some of the stuff they say to me, like, I'll be, we'll be doing art time, and we're making, you know, like nice pictures of our characters, and I'll be like, oh, what's that in yours? It's blood. He just ate someone. I mean, like, <laughs> I worry sometimes they're going to turn on me, but I feel <laughs> they like me, so they don't usually. But no, the little ones are the, they're blood for, they're bloodthirsty. It's adorable. <laughs> it's very cute. There's nothing like a tiny little child just being like, and then there was this ghost, and the ghost ate my brother. And you're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Anyway, 
Um, I'm going to throw out there one that is nowhere near as classy as anything anyone said. Fair, fair. But I enjoy it, and it's a TV series, and that is the Scream TV series, which is airing on Netflix. Um, listen, I love my trashy teen shows. Like, love them. Uh, it's it's like you have to get through the first couple episodes. You have to sort of get through because it's trying to kind of figure out what it wants its tone to be but once it gets there man if you like slashers it's a good time i think it's a lot of fun i realize this might be an unpopular opinion but i think it's worth a watch particularly if you like scream and you like just dumb teen slashers fight i haven't i've seen like the first two episodes of like the first season eventually yeah you gotta get past those uh does it relate to the the movies or the no. new universe? Or? No, it's a completely new universe. And I will say the most recent season that aired, which I believe also kind of just completely restarts everything again. I watched or tried to watch the first episode and I just couldn't. And I need to give it another chance. But the first uh, two seasons and then there was like a two-hour special hmm. Um is mo- I mean it's the same characters minus those that get murdered, uh, but it's I, I don't know I liked it I thought it was fun and and I appreciated I mean even just some of the diversity and and you have um you have gay characters you have some kind of different representation and that was nice uh, I dug it uh, the girl that plays is it Audrey. See, it's been a little bit since I've. <laughs> well, yeah, the girl that plays Audrey, I really like. Uh, Bex Taylor Klaus, who also showed up in um, uh, Hell Hellfest. Hellfest, yeah. and and I I find her very watchable. I think she's really fun. I like her character in Scream. Uh, she's for me probably the best character in in the Scream series. And I mean, again, is it is it going to change how you look at television? No. Is it a good time during quarantine? Yes. Fair. <laughs> um, so I'm going to jump back in with uh, actually this is going to be a I'm cheating because I'm doing two but they're related in a couple of different manners okay. uh, I know I'm, I'm bad sorry Keep yeah, I mean Tim did a whole TV show so I guess that's yeah. fine rules <laughs> are out like the fucking window seven now movies in a row. <laughs> uh, oh, both of uh, the grand tradition I, we don't get enough fuck you Cody's in our world so that's true, true. There's yeah. not fuck you, Cody. Cody's these days. <laughs> I have to make up for it. Oh, but anyway, sorry, Bob. We interrupted. Oh, anyway, you want to do? Uh, we are so. Uh, I just lost my train of thought here. No, both of the films that, uh, that I want to recommend are on Shutter, uh, and they have similar themes. That both deal with imaginary friends who might not be so imaginary. Uh, this would the first of which is uh, was Daniel wasn't real, which came out last December. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is now also on Shutter, and then looking at Z, which came out on Shutter this past week. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I'm I've been curious. Yeah, I watched it this morning, and it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, both of them kind of, both of them are, are looking at someone who has an imaginary friend that then fucks up with their lives and fucks mm-hmm. up everything around them. And there might be more to that, as you expect for this particular subgenre. It's a small subgenre, and you kind of know where certain things have to go uh, but both are very well crafted with how things turn out and the, the leads and the writing and the there's actually there's a couple of moments in uh in z which actually were jump scares that they worked 
Uh, a lot oh, of wow. moments of actual good tension and they, uh, they move through, but after that initial 45 minutes where, Oh, I know where this is going. They both kind of veer off in a different direction, uh, which is very fresh and very well done. Uh, now I wanted to mention for, uh, yeah, Daniel, Daniel was, Daniel wasn't real was written and directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer. I'm not sure what else he's done, but uh, I did want to point out the, the two leads in that, uh, Miles Robinson plays uh, the kid who has the uh, imaginary friend, and he he played um, Dave, I think was the name in uh, Halloween 2018. Um, oh, you're gonna I was die. Like, Dave. Is that name familiar? <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, and he also is uh, one of the weird boyfriends in um, in Blockers, which is a surprisingly good movie as well. Um, which so he plays these lovable weirdos in both those, and this says he's more of a weirdo weirdo. Uh, but we know why. But the Daniel uh, from the title is played by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Um, I forgot to write down his first name. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but he's actually pretty solid. Um, he, he's uh, he's had some good Patrick, I think his name is. Um, Patrick Schwarzenegger. And he has some pretty decent chops. He's not great. Um, but he, he does a really good job with this. Um, and there's a really great look to the movie. It's got a giallo color scheme. Uh, and there's a lot of... Uh, good effects, good, good uh, character moments. It so really flows together well. Then um, Z deals more with a, uh, with a kid uh, and his imaginary friend has his mom deals with that. So there, there is a standard uh, ghost lighting, um, gaslighting issue where I know I'm seeing a monster and I was like, no, uh, but then it moves past that pretty quickly uh, to get past the uh, person making up stuff. Or why is this woman acting this way element, which it definitely is an issue along the way. But luckily, it doesn't doesn't become the whole thing. Um, it's made by the same guy who wrote and directed uh, Stillborn, which came out a couple years ago. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon Christensen, and that, that was a pretty solid movie. It might be streaming out there. I watched it for Crypticons. I'm not sure where it is now. Uh, and that also has to deal with standard issues where, you know, one kid died, the other didn't, and now weird things are happening. So that he, so both of his big movies are, other than that, are shorts, deal with familiar subjects and familiar plot lines but done in a interesting way and you're giving a lot out of a little They'll, both these film like they're filmed with really small budgets and that really works um the the mom in z is played by um keegan connor tracy uh who you might remember from i remember from final destination 2 uh where she played cat um oh yeah the the one who gets uh the pipe stuffed in her face yeah. uh, in the car but apparently she's on um the magicians as a professor of some sort and once upon a time uh for like most of its run i can't i can't remember who she played um oh she was uh she was uh, the 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 blue fairy or, or blue fairy, yeah that's it yeah, i remember looking yeah. it up i haven't yeah. seen the show so i don't know eh, you're fine <laughs> <laughs> so i've heard but uh, i i highly recommend both them uh yeah they both on shutter uh, they might be on Amazon on the whole, but I saw them on Shutter. Um, so they're both out there, getting a lot out of a little with similar concepts. Uh, but I do recommend both those maybe together as a pair, maybe separately, whatever works for you. <laughs> mm. Cool. You know, Bob, I have one question for you. Yeah. What do you even do when there's no new releases? I'm imagining you just like a like going around for your next hit, and you're just like, oh fuck. Okay, fine. Trolls World Tour. Here we go. You're I'm like, not watching that. Barn to find a <laughs> I like that that's your bar, though. Tro- Trolls World Tour, that's the bar. 
Where I was like, yeah, I, or I'll watch other bad shit, but I won't watch that. Yeah, yeah you, uh, might, you, might, you need to save it for, for a future worst movie of the year. Except it know? has decent enough reviews. I was going to say, yeah, I think the reviews are too like good. 30 movies yeah. in for whatever, yeah. we, whatever it is. You'd have to, you'd have the to worst movie of this year, Metacritic-wise, is Fantasy Island. Which, which I've seen. All right. <laughs> in theaters. I which was theaters, yeah. definitely a disappointment. I wouldn't call it the worst movie I, I saw say, this year. It's not the worst. Like, I mean, it's towards the bottom, but not quite. It was, it was dumb, but I was entertained. That's Did they have that little guy walking around going, Boss, de plane, de plane. No, it was the pretty Boss girl from Game does of Thrones. factor in a way, though. Both the guys, uh, the guys who played the brothers in that were in a, like a boss, which I just watched speaking of new releases. Mm. Okay. Um, it kind of fell apart along the way, but it started out okay. But both of them are in it uh, as a pair of designers. Like, do they always have to work together, these two? As only two movies <laughs> have seen them, they're, they're working as, as a pair in both of them. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can jump in with something else if uh, cool. nobody will. Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, the other thing I'm going to plug is free on Amazon Prime right now. And actually, if you use the Canopy app, the library app, you can also find it there. Um, it is a 2012 documentary called Eurocrime, the Italian cop and gangster movies that ruled the 1970s. That sounds like uh, you. It <laughs> is. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you know, big surprise as, as anybody who knows me or even a lot of people who don't um, is aware. I'm a huge fan of Italian genre cinema. Uh, and if you are, or if you have even a mild interest in Italian genre cinema, this is absolutely a must. Terrific documentary directed by a guy named Mike Malloy. Um, basically, most Italian genre hardcores are familiar with uh, the Italian waves of like the 60s spaghetti westerns and gothic horror movies, the giallo in the 70s, the kind of post-apocalyptic Mad Max ripoffs in the 80s. Um, but the big thing in Italy in the 70s was these low-budget crime flicks, and they were kind of inspired uh, in the wave of, they were all very heavily influenced, most of them by The Godfather and Dirty Harry. And uh, what's really interesting about this is you get a really cool education on kind of the, it, it's a real good chronological exploration of the origins of it. Uh, it also does a really good job of differentiating what makes these movies different from their American forebears. Uh, one of the one of the key differences being there's a lot of Italian politics uh, that you actually see interwoven into these junky, pulpy action movies. Um, if you're a fan of Italian genre cinema, there's also a lot of spillover uh, from those other subgenres that I mentioned. I mean, you get these great firsthand war stories from people like Franco Nero. John Saxon, uh, Henry Silva, uh, Luke Miranda, the, the actor who appeared as the lead in Torso, which, uh, which Bob and Cody know and love, uh, Joe D'Alessandro from the, uh, from the uh, Andy Warhol movies, and Fred Williamson. Uh, and as far as directors go, I mean, it's a, it's a whole rogues gallery of uh, like famous genre filmmakers, people like Sergio Martino, Fernando DiLeo. Uh, you gotta love a film cycle where uh, Umberto Lenzi is worshipped as a minor deity and is considered kind of like the, like the, I don't know, Steven Spielberg or whatever, you know, for want of a better analogy of the Poliziocchetti. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's one of those documentaries, it's actually a little over two hours long, but it goes by like a flash. Um, it's just rife with great stories, uh, interesting clips, shots and footage of stunt work that is like absolute 
excuse me, absolutely staggering. And even more so because a lot of the time it's these lead actors who do their own stuff. Um, Luke Miranda tells a story about how he basically lost 30% of the feeling in his back because of a, a kicking stunt that he did while he had his hands uh, handcuffed behind him uh, when he was doing like this, this high kick. And you see him fall in the footage of the movie. It's like, you're like, oh, and it's like, yes, he did. He did severely injure himself for life for the sake of making one of these fucking movies. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a blast. Uh, and also, they, there are a few of these particular movies uh, streaming on Amazon Prime for free. Uh, so uh, definitely check it out. Uh, Prime has a lot of Italian cinema. Uh, yeah. yeah, they really do. Like, they get some weird stuff. Like they, Shutter's had it a couple recently. Like I was telling Tony, I watched uh, uh, The Strange Vice of... Uh, Mrs. Ward. Yes, which is pretty yeah. pretty interesting. I liked it. Uh, definitely a couple as as you as we said in our, our messages. Like it definitely has some um, twists and turns. Some expected, some I didn't. Uh, but yeah, that was actually pretty solid. One that was on, on Shutter. Um, yeah, right. it's one of the other things I like about that one is that yes, it it has enough twists to where like there are like there's like a twist and then a twist on a twist and then a twist on those two twists. And there's so many of them that are, there is at least one that will take you by surprise, <laughs> which, which I find very, which, I, which is a very, a very fun little kind of, kind of clockwork uh, aspect to the movie. Uh, and, yeah. and as things go, uh, Allison came downstairs as I was watching it in the morning uh, at one particular weird sex scene. And like, what the fuck you watch? <laughs> <laughs> I think Tony probably knows the sec- one I'm, I'm referring to, but. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's a strange. I don't want to ruin it if either the do y'all want to watch that. But uh. yeah, it's also super stylish. I mean, I I've seen four of um, Sergio Mar- the director Sergio Martino's Gialli, and that's one of them. Um, I'd say of all of them, it's probably I like it, but I don't like it as much as the others that I've seen because I think the others have kind of a more sense of fevered stylishness. This is the first one, so it, it leans as heavily on the Hitchcockian kind of twists and turns. Very much, yeah. It says it, on the Giallo <laughs> conventions, but it's still a good one. It's a lot of There's fun. a lot against the wall, but it does make more sense in some of the later Giallos, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Jane B shows up in there. Uh, of course, but, um, yeah. Oh, there's a whole, the, one of the great things about Eurocrime is there's a whole segment on J&B, and they have like a, a half a dozen different scenes of like characters conspicuously putting the, the bottle down so that you can see the, the, the label and stuff. And I just like, Oh gosh, these I guys really, said, uh, I may have said this last week. I can't remember, but JMB gets a prominent shot in the kitchen. And I was like, Oh, Hey, because if it's Italian, they go to Italian, Italian uh-huh. place. I'm like, ah, there's JMB. There it and, is. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I started see, looking for, um, I watched uh, Call Me By Your Name last week, which doesn't have JMB, but it does have uh, a bookshelf. <laughs> with, has, uh, there's a features. whole section of yellow backed paperbacks. I'm like, I wonder if there's a Jolly. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Hey, anybody else got something to throw down? All right, I will do a good movie for... It's a perspective builder, I say. <laughs> you think things are bad? Well, they could be a lot worse. And that movie's Threads. I need Ooh. to see that. I'm doing a panel uh, about post-nuke at Crypticon this year, if it happens. Uh, and uh, and that's one thing I need to watch for that panel. <laughs> I just watched it. And I, I, I vaguely remember... Fucking bummer. It's bleak. Oh, I watched the it was the first movie I watched as part of my 30 days of quarantine from April to May. I, it was like, I'm starting it off with this movie. 
What have I done? <laughs> I've never felt so goddamn hopeless after a fucking no. movie, and that includes the August Underground movies. Like it's just wow. so goddamn depressing. It's like a, it's like a more depressing version of Day After. Uh, it's a British yeah, it Day After. Better. Yeah. And, and it, the Day After is pretty depressing. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's nothing. There's no moment of it where you're like things are looking up. No. This yeah, like there's time. a time jump in the movie, and they're like, within ten years, only two million Britons are remaining from a population of twelve. And language is deteriorated. <laughs> Yep, language deteriorates. Like, like it, it shows a full nuclear. I mean, there's a there's a dude playing a, um, a fucking like Nintendo in the graveyard, crying about his son that got crushed. Yeah, there's characters that you meet, you see, and then you do not see again once the nukes fall to kind of simulate the thing of you're far away, you're never gonna fucking see each other again. Um, it is probably the most depressing thing. Like I said, I've ever seen it. I mean, shit. I mean, I will spoil it a little bit because it's depressing. But, like, there's a whole scene of where they're like, okay, here's the government. There's They've got a little bit of stuff going. And it literally, the, when they finally dig out all the government people, they're fucking dead from starvation. Oh, I thought they suffocated. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a mix. Like they're, they're dead. They're dead. That's they are the, that's dead. The, they're very dead. Now you should watch that and when the, where the wind blows and then the same go. You know, maybe then throw a day after afterwards. The long day of sadness. I have seen the day after. I haven't. I haven't seen threads, but I, I will get to it soon. It's bleak. It's real bleak. Oh uh, fuck! I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's weird. To, I, I don't want to use the word good because that doesn't feel appropriate. Well but made. It, well done. It's well made. It's it's fascinating. But holy fuck! You need you like curl in a corner at the end of it, and you're like. What? That's why really, you know, I, watch it. <laughs> yeah, a, a friend of mine uh, who is of British descent said that that movie literally traumatized an entire generation of British kids. An entire yeah. generation. Well, yeah, probably an entire generation American of British kids. people. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons, uh, probably kind of maybe one of the reasons I haven't seen it yet is I don't know if I want to see something that harrowing um, from uh, self-quarantine. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna watch it off with right, it. right before the convention. Yeah, that oh, one's also, yeah, it's on Shutter on Amazon on Canopy. Yeah, I watched it on Shutter, I think, because I like Shutter, but it's available on a bunch of things. Yeah, and in a much happier note, I do want to say that we watched Chi Bang Bang last night, and that's on Netflix. And that's <laughs> much much happier and so much fun and moves. It's two two and a half hours long, but it moves through like this, like that, with great songs, great performances. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just just to bring things around happier. <laughs> we watched that uh, and had a great time. My, what, 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 what is that again? Chitty Chitty, Chitty bang, bang Bang. Yeah, they all die during the nukes. It's a great, it's a great porn. <laughs> they all die. <laughs> they they die. <laughs> Best porn ever. No, I. Uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was no, I was gonna say. Well, my next pick was uh, my second pick was something that was happier. Do it. I, do it. Um, it's another TV show because despite all of the movies i'm a tv whore like i love my tv and i love my tv shows i love my stories and i watch far too much of it um this is a show that for the people who haven't seen them i i don't do this a lot but i actively judge you uh, and that is killing eve i need to see that my god bob Allison I'm, actively, watches it. I'm actively judging you right now i'm actively- that's one of them bbc shows i don't watch no bbc it's got sandra oh she was on Grey's anatomy I heard it was really good. It's another thing where it's like, I don't commit to TV shows. 
I just watched Steven Universe with Carolyn. <laughs> so the reason, part of why I like this show, it is, it's, it's, every season has had a female showrunner. It is a female cast. Like, there's male characters, but they're pretty disposable. Uh, and it's about a, a female assassin who is being tracked by this, this woman from uh, MI5, MI6, MI5, I don't know, one of the MIs. And Sandra Oh plays uh, the, the person searching for her. And it is just, it's funny, it's smart, it's clever, it's well-filmed, it's fast-paced. Uh, it is an utter fucking delight. And uh, you can watch it on Hulu. You can watch it on, it runs on AMC, it runs on BBC America. Uh, it's it's not hard to to find it, but it's they're in the middle of season three right now. Actually, they're coming near the end. I think there's two episodes left. Season three. It's fucking awesome, man. Like it is, and again, if you're looking for something that is is female centric, um, the male characters are literally disposable, and and I don't say that as a slight. I just mean it, it's kind of nice because usually the female characters are. So it's a nice switch. Uh, but and the the actress that plays Villanelle, uh, Jody Comer, am I remembering that right? Um, um, <laughs> oh my god, am I the only one who watches it? I'm kind I'm of sorry. Watches yeah, it, no, but, but what? Well, yes, I, I want to, but I just haven't got. Well, to I don't, I don't have any of the, I don't have any of the channels or streaming services that you've just mentioned. So I, you know, Jody Comer, yeah. Jodie Comer. Yep. She is so, so good. Uh, she won the Emmy this year and it was well deserved. Or Golden Globe. I can't remember. She won one of the acting awards. It was, it was Sandra Oh won it the year before. Cool. They're a power couple. It's amazing. Y'all should watch it. And I actively judge you because you haven't. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. I'm actively judging you right now. Mm-hmm. I am. Well, I'm if you'd like to pay me cable bill, love, I'll go ahead and subscribe to. No, I don't. I it's not. I, it's I, on, I don't have any of this streaming. Okay. Oh, it's you it's free. It's, it's free on AMC. I don't have. I don't have. I got it's basic, free basic, on the basic. A, on the AMC app. It is free. Ooh. Oh, okay. Note to self. Thank you. So there Woo-hoo. you go. But yeah, it's it's a delight, and uh, y'all should watch it. One of these days. One of these days. Uh-huh. Judging you, Bob. I'm judging you. <laughs> when aren't you? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> That's a darn good set of movies from NTV from all NTV, over covering. Thank you. Both of mine were TV this evening. Yeah. <laughs> we got some horror, we got some non horror, we got some destroying your world, and we got some stuff that will lift you up. <laughs> female right assassins. On. Who doesn't love a good female assassin? Thank you. Always works. Um any anything else anyone wants to toss out there that they they see that even if it isn't streaming that that they particularly like it's like oh yeah when you get the chance watch this or jeez um you know, I had to watch the fucking emoji movie for Bob's other yes, Bob's you, did. you didn't have to you chose to sir <laughs> I chose to out of the goodness of my heart and then coming was... back this week for vampires suck <laughs> for real I'm like fuck it ah yeah so that I mean if you want to torture yourself. Nothing, uh, nothing screams torture more than the Emoji Movie. True. Oh, yeah. One, one thing that I do want to make a plug for that I saw on Shutter that I was, I actually enjoyed a lot. It's gotten a fair amount of negative feedback, and I can't figure out why because I had a lot of fun with it. Is Satanic Panic? 
I haven't watched um, it yet. I need to. Yeah, yeah it's it the yet. it's the film debut from Chelsea Stardust. So, and uh, it's basically the story of a pizza delivery driver, uh, and I forget the name of the actress's name, but she's terrific, and she uh, ends up delivering a pizza to or trying to deliver pizza to this uh, very well-heeled family of rich people uh, in the uh, hills of uh, California, I think it is. And um, it turns out that, of course, they are Satan worshipers and uh, they are looking for a virgin to sacrifice. And someone just might have been a virgin who happened to be delivering pizza. Uh, There's no virgins left. Yeah, well, uh, so you've got to make that stretch. But... um, with that little caveat aside, uh, it is a very funny and very fast paced black comedy. Uh, it's got, it's actually got a lot of, it's, you know, speaking of female centric, it's obviously directed by a woman, but it's also got a lot of great, um, like most of the movers and shakers in the movie are females. Uh, Rebecca Romine plays the head of the Satanists and she's hysterical, great comic role. Um, and uh, Jerry O'Connell, uh, has a very memorable role as her husband. Uh, and they're just, it's just, uh, it's lively. It's fast paced. There's uh, a lot of, a lot of good laughs in it and a lot of good practical effects. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, streaming on shutter right now. I'm not surprised how, uh, that it, how funny and darkly humorous it's, uh, it's though it is, uh, directed by Chelsea Stardust is written by Grady Hendricks. Who oh yeah, yeah. Horror store paperback from hell best friend's exorcism we sold our souls a lot of great dark comedy horror books so yeah it's a lot of fun it's a blast and i mean i you know don't expect like something that's going to change and redefine the genre but as far as something that is a lot of fun and makes you you know just makes you very happy to come out of if you're a horror fan that's definitely it fills the bill i enjoyed it a lot awesome cool all right, that was a then Kim brought out her cat. Yay. Yay. Hi Tilly. For those at home can't see her, but no well. But <laughs> uh, she's adorable. She is. Uh for those at home, thank you. Thank you for listening for our City of Geek uh group. Thank you guys for for, for talking again. It's always good to see everyone. Uh Absolutely. glad they were able to come back after a week. Uh and actually follow through since sometimes we haven't been the best about getting together obviously quarantine but before that we were, we were all kind of busy so kind of spotty on our episodes it's mostly on me <laughs> all on me uh but yeah, uh, but part of this does make it a little easier uh to actually have the time to do this even if we aren't in the same place no it does yeah and uh of course like comment subscribe to us go see geek.com and check out worst movie of the year as well for the for the shitty end of things for the shit in the stick uh, <laughs> um and uh we'll see everyone next week for whatever recommendations we have on the next rounds <laughs>